Hello, and welcome to Swiftly Spoken, a fan-made Taylor Swift podcast in which we analyse her artistry, including her lyricism, music videos, and full album retrospectives. We are your hosts, Lisa and Cameron, and in this episode, we're going to be discussing exclusive and unique editions of Taylor's albums. This is actually the second part in a two-part series in which we discuss all of these interesting editions. In the first part, we spoke about all of Taylor's country albums, and in this second part, we're going to be talking about 1989 onwards. In this episode, we're going to be speaking about some of the most interesting editions of Taylor's albums. These could be interesting because they were one-time things, they're not in print anymore, or they had special tracks on them that were only accessible on those specific editions. However, these are in no way all of the editions that are out there. These are just a portion of some of the most interesting ones that we wanted to discuss. Also, if you haven't, please check out part one of this two-part series, because in that episode we speak about all of Taylor's country albums, including Debut, Fearless, Red, and Speak Now, and we're going to be making reference to it every so often, so if you haven't yet, do check that out. Starting off with 1989, one of the most interesting and cool-looking editions is the Japanese tour edition, which literally looks like a DVD, and you open it up and it has two specific sets of Polaroids and the album in the middle, all packaged really nicely. Yeah, this is a really, really cool edition, and I remember when it first came out, I was like, oh, I desperately want that, and it was always on kind of the top of my wish list, and I think last year I managed to find like a new one in pristine condition, um, for like a really, 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 really cheap price. And I finally added it. And it's, it is a really, really gorgeous edition of 1989 because, yeah, you get Polaroids that are kind of uh, standard with the deluxe, with the when the album was initially released with the slipcases, you get the standard Polaroids. Plus you also get Polaroids exclusive to the Japanese tour edition, which are um, in a purple case. Um, and then, yeah, you get the standard deluxe CD, guitar picks, um, and you also get the 1989 CD booklet, but it's slightly larger. So yeah, it's kind of like a DVD size booklet. And then obviously, like most Japanese editions, you get a booklet with the Japanese translations. So yeah, it's a really, really cool edition. And also you get an OB strip down the side with kind of the Japanese information. And I'm guessing that it was used um, to promote uh, Taylor touring in Japan. Obviously, she opened the 1989 tour in Japan. So um, I'm guessing that's why they chose to have such a cool edition um, in Japan. But yeah, no, this is probably my favourite edition of 989, definitely. It's the most like unique one and just, it feels really special. It would have been, what would have been really cool is if the 989 tour was actually released like as a proper DVD rather than just um, Apple exclusive. And if say that came with this, that would have been a really, really cool. It was interesting that Taylor opened the 989 tour in Japan. It's always funny that then for rep, she put Japan at the end of the tour because they're quite like known for like uh, releasing like bootleg um, CDs and DVDs. So like when the tour first started, there was already all these like like unofficial DVDs being released and CDs of the 1989 tour audios from the Japanese. And I was like, I've got a couple of them myself. And uh, And then it was just kind of like, it was almost like there'd been a, a dodgy DVD of the tour floating around for almost a year by the time that Apple Music then pumped their one out. Yeah, this edition is really beautiful. I absolutely love the pastel purple on the inside. But other than this, we don't really have many other standout editions of 1989. I guess part of it, and as we go along, we will see less physical editions, is because 
we are entering the streaming era. So, for example, like you mentioned, for the world tour of 1989, the DVD, we never got any physical releases. Whereas with Speak Now, for example, we had that physical release. We had that physical CD for Fearless. We had the physical DVD. So, yeah, that is something that will affect as we go along. However, another interesting difference between the covers in this case is the covers uh, from the US version of 1989 and the international versions have a slight difference which is on the US version it just says TS on them and then for the international versions however it does say her complete name Taylor Swift which yeah which is quite interesting because I'm guessing that again a bit like with Fearless how he said that the uh, the hair her hair kind of covered her face it's the same similar thing isn't it like TS clearly they felt like the US audience was comfortable enough to know what TS was whereas an international audience might be like what's who's ts because again 1989 does cut off her face i think that that's one of the reasons there is a big difference between yeah the kind of u.s versions that all say ts and then the international ones that all say taylor swift and it's same with the vinyl as well within 1989 there's obviously the standard and the deluxe which um we kind of mentioned about in our previous episode how the cover is ever so slightly different with 1989 written across taylor and then obviously it says dlx where it's originally on the standard and what was quite cool was during release week um and during the kind of initial 1989 cd release obviously the editions came with slip cases and the polaroids um and there was five um different kind of polaroid packs or with 13 polaroids in um and this is when i guess and we'll see this throughout the next kind of releases was when uh taylor's team and taylor herself used like um, rather than having lots of additions of stuff with multiple different variants, they use like uh, incentive for people to buy multiple versions of the same thing to help mm. with sales and stuff. So like with the Polaroids, it was almost like collecting like Pokemon cards or something. But yeah, they're all numbered 1 to 13 and they are really, really cool. And they kind of have lyrics written across them from the 1989 album. So these are really cool um, uh, CD and versions to get. Again, there's no difference other than purely the Polaroid packs. Um, but um, I managed to complete my set um, a couple of, I think again about a year or so ago. During lockdown was when I think everyone went a bit mad on buying stuff. And I was like, I'm just going to finish all these, you know, um, get all these album versions that I've been wanting for years and years. Um, and they are really, really cool to have all of them. It feels very like, I don't know, it just feels like you have the whole 1989 album. And what I've always wondered is that obviously these were taken on Polaroids. So like, where mm. is the physical polaroid of the 989 album you know like that is floating someone somewhere in an archive somewhere has the like how iconic is that polaroid i'm guessing probably taylor i mean from what we know we know that from the lover diaries she had chosen a different polaroid originally to be the 1989 cover but then she mentioned she was looking through them again and she changed her mind and ultimately chose the one that we know today but so it, w- it would seem that she was looking through them. But to be fair, those could have been copies. I think they were scanned up. I think it was she was given a scan of them. So, yeah, somewhere. And I've always wondered what the original cover is. I know that lots of people suggest that it's the one, you know, the Where one where you can looking. see her eyes. And, and I don't think it is that one. Like, I, I, that, I don't think that was the original at all. It was such an interesting thing to just mention in the diaries, just drop that information and then never say anything again and never clarify which one it was because it, it literally could be any of them or maybe none of them. 
because I'm sure there was hundreds and hundreds of Polaroids taken. Polaroid cameras themselves are not the best cameras in the world and not every photo comes out very decent. So I can imagine that there's all sorts of random, awful, you know, Polaroids that, you know, are too dark, blurry, didn't develop properly. So um, it is interesting, but I would love to know one day what the original would have been. And I'd love to know what happened to these where these real things are to a really really cool incentive and a cool collect collective piece to encourage people to buy the album so another slightly interesting version is a canadian version of the deluxe version of 1989 um which i think is a french canadian version and randomly on the deluxe all of the deluxe version of 1989 have the three deluxe songs plus voice memos however Canadian version doesn't have the voice memos and only has two bonus tracks so it doesn't have You're In Love it just has Wonderland and New Romantics which is a very random release I just don't know why it would be missing one of the deluxe tracks and also mentioning about deluxe versions how we mentioned before with Red and Speak Now how the deluxe versions that were exclusive in the States to Target had Red on them the deluxe Target version of 1989, the DLX, is in a kind of reddy colour. So um, again, there was a kind of element of Target logo being included on the cover. This incentive of having pieces included in the CD that are collectible and encourages you to buy more to complete a collection is a new incentive that they move on with, rather than the kind of referencing target in all the covers this canadian version is definitely very interesting and a strange addition it almost feels like it's maybe a misprint or something i don't really know too much about it but um it is strange that it would be lacking in the voice memos and a deluxe track Another really interesting release of 1989 was the Record Store Day vinyl, which we spoke about in our previous episode. Those three vinyls are just top tier. They are really nicely designed. And if you want to see them and hear more about them, then go check out the previous episode. Moving on to her next era and album, which was Reputation. One of the most interesting editions is the Japanese edition. Again, just these Japanese editions are just so good. They're all so unique. And this one was also really interesting because it included extra content. So it had a bonus DVD, which had the Look What You Made Me Do MV on it. And also all of behind the scenes footage uh, from recording that MV as well. Yeah, this is a really cool edition, um, and it's slightly similar to the one that was released during the 1989 era for the 1989 album in Japan. It's not as cool as the tour edition, however, um, this also did include, there was a version that did include a bonus DVD that, similarly to the uh, Reputation version, had the behind the scenes of the Shake It Off with all the kind of different dancers. So yeah, these are really cool, um, unique versions, and I just love that the that the Japanese editions are just always so cool. I wish that it was kind of more universal, that we got all these really cool versions. Um, but it's still cool that they're still available. But um, I would love if kind of all the standard versions just came with DVDs and all this bonus content. Moving on, just like you mentioned, definitely with these latter releases, Taylor didn't do different editions, but definitely gave incentives, different incentives to purchase more than one of exactly the same album. In the case of Reputation in the standard editions, they all came with different posters that were all double-sided, so everyone kind of wanted to collect these different posters, and in each album you only had one. So a lot of people purchased multiple of exactly the same album. Yeah, no, there was a real incentive to kind of collect them all. And again, like with 1989, it encouraged people to buy multiple versions. Um, Because I'll never forget going into HMV and like, putting which was 
nothing in comparison to Lover when we get onto that. But putting like three reputation CDs down at once. And the guy was like, why are you buying three? And I was like, well, there's different posters. And he was like, yeah, but it's the same content. I was like, yeah, but there's different posters. Like, I, I do like that, giving people a reason to buy more. It just makes it more exciting and makes, you know, it's just, there's just a, I don't know, something exciting about opening something and being like, oh, what version am I going to get? Or what am I going to get? The Polaroids yeah. were a lot cooler because obviously you've got like 13. Um, but it was still nice that for Reputation, they still did something similar with the um, posters. Another incentive to get more of the Reputation album was through the deluxe versions, which were in the form of two magazines, which was a completely new concept for Taylor. And these two magazines were really, really amazing content in an era in which we weren't really getting much from her. Like, there was no appearances, so this made it very personal. And the magazines are chock-a-block with such good information like we got the handwritten lyrics we got the poems on the inside we got like all of these back behind the scenes and background photos of the look what you made me do recording with all this information and yeah it was just a really good way to connect with fans in a different way while she wasn't connecting with them through her usual routes of promotion of interviews and, and things like that and the fact that then you know, at the time there was all this tabloid media circle about her during the end of the 1929 era and the fact that they kind of like mocked that almost with these magazine volumes and the fact that on the back covers they literally like kind of referenced certain like magazine covers had written certain stuff about her. I just, it's so clever and really gorgeous. The artwork inside, the photos inside, you just got so much content that was just you know unlike with lover how we'll explain nothing that was like groundbreaking of like oh my god you know this is something that i've never known before but it was just a really nice addition so it made it feel a bit more personal because i think lots of people were complaining during the reputation era that it wasn't feeling as personal because taylor had taken a real back seat from promo and public appearance and yeah. but that this was kind of her being like oh no this is you know this is what i've been up to here's some photos of me and polaroids of me when you know you weren't seeing me at all so no i really really do like these editions and i love it obviously this is not a cd version but in the reputation uh, vip box that was given during the reputation stadium tour the big thick book at the bottom proper like mm. you know coffee table book that includes both of the magazine volumes as well as some extra little bonus content that was a really kind of gorgeous, like almost like ultimate edition of those magazine volumes. During the Reputation era, they put some quite cool editions that were like standard, really, because these they were obviously these were deluxe, but it was a standard album, um, and they were reasonably quite available at the time. But no, I really really love these magazines, and again, it's interesting how then they kind of use these again later on with Lover and stuff. Another really random edition from the Reputation era is. Uh, the UPS box set edition, which I guess it makes sense because Taylor had been collaborating with UPS since basically the beginning of the era with that infamous rip off the page uh, advert. But yeah, this this edition, basically the gimmick to it is that the box is the shape of a UPS truck. And when you open it up, it has the album inside and a few little goodies with it as well. Uh, what they call historic photos, which in reality is uh, a couple of photos of her um, from back in the debut era where she's sending the Tim McGraw single off to radio stations. And then it comes with a little pin, which isn't groundbreaking. It's again, just the UPS truck with a, yeah. with the reputation photo randomly plonked 
not even yep. <laughs> even it's just like randomly yeah. plonked kind of at the end of it is yeah it's it's a strange addition and it doesn't really come yeah it, and very it is unique and slightly random it kind of gives me the vibes of you know when taylor like collaborated with um papa john's during the red era the pizza box had like the red album on it and you could like order the cd and a pizza <laughs> Yeah, so another really cool addition is the FYE exclusive orange vinyl. So this was sold exclusively to FYE, which is For Your Entertainment in the States, which is like a record store. And it was an orange vinyl of reputation. Obviously, the standard vinyl of reputation is picture discs. So um, this was kind of quite unique at the time. And weirdly, at the time, wasn't actually, wasn't expensive. It was a standard price as the standard version of the reputation vinyl. And wasn't overly sought after and then suddenly after a couple of years it's really kind of grown in popularity and there's now hundreds if not thousands of pounds for resale so this is quite a hard edition to get your hands on um it's kind of almost turned into the um for your consideration red red vinyl um that we mentioned in our previous episode but this is it is a really cool edition because obviously this is the only at the time it was the only colored vinyl edition of reputation i know some people are not very uh not big fans of picture discs because of sound quality and things like that so lots of people that are kind of avid vinyl collectors really liked the orange vinyl because of you know it's a not a picture disc basically um but yeah no this is a really cool edition one that's like harder to get your hands on for a decent price but it's still a really cool exclusive edition and again quite random taylor has never collabed with fye before or since um but no it's normally her collaborations are with target like the love of vinyl mm. is exclusive with target and stuff so um yeah interesting but um definitely a cool addition of reputation lastly for reputation we should definitely mention and talk a bit more about the vip package for the reputation stadium tour even though it wasn't really a widely available edition that everyone could get their hands on it was just such an amazing package with so much stuff in it so like you mentioned we had that big book which included the two magazine editions and extra content and then like as soon as you opened up that package there was like a video playing it was really really amazing i remember when they came out and because the previous kind of vip packages were just kind of like a a lanyard the cd blanket you know just stuff that wasn't overly like Mm. yeah so I think that there was a big shock when people realised that it was like this box with like, yeah, like a DVD, a pop-out stage, um, like a a, a, a lenticular uh, ticket in like a kind of plastic glass looking case, then a lanyard, the CD, and then this gorgeous book at the bottom. It was like incredible. Oh. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, I wish I had known. And then I remember at Christmas, probably in 2018, 19, probably 2018, um, I you know it was like I said like I just only want one thing for Christmas I know it's really (laughs) I said I know it's impossible to get and I'm not you know I would never expect you know you to spend that much money on it but if it does pop up for a decent price that is all I would want like all I would want and I thought oh you know my parents are never going to find it they're never going to find it and then on Christmas day it wasn't there wasn't like anything that looked that size I thought oh whatever it doesn't matter and then it was like oh we've got a present for you and I was like oh my and I opened it, I was like, oh my god, and it was like all boxed brand new. I just could mum said that she like found wow. it online and for this like crazy cheap price. And it was just incredible. I love that edition so much. Like, yeah, that that is probably my favorite version of rep purely because of the video. Like the fact it has a video and you can pause it and turn the volume up and everything. Yep, like, you can charge it's it up. Crazy. Yeah, charge it, yeah. yeah. Um, it is and it's such that is like the ultimate reputation version 
and making it feel more personal like the fact that it comes with a video of taylor you know being like oh you know if you're yeah. watching this then i guess you know you've got vip package to tour i can't wait to see you on the road you know like it felt they tried to make things feel personal i think like with the magazine volumes and hmm. the vip box set but yeah no that is like the ultimate version like i just yeah incredible Next up, we're going to be speaking about Lover. And one of the most amazing additions of Lover is actually the fan box. So just as previous fan boxes that we've spoken about, like the Fearless one or the Reputation UPS one, this basically is a box full of Lover merch as well as the Lover CD. However, this one was much more widely available. So this one is really exciting to talk about because we both have it. And for me, it's like one of my favourite pieces of merch that I have in my small collection. So it's this chunky, really beautifully designed box. It's in pastel colours and really gives off that lover vibe. Apart from being well made, it includes a lot of bits of merch. So it has obviously the CD, which although it looks like the standard CD and in a jewel case, it actually includes the deluxe two extra tracks, which are recording memos of lover and I forgot that you existed. It also includes a tote bag, a pop socket, art cards, and tattoos. And nowadays, it is still available online, and the price has vastly dropped. So if anyone is interested, we definitely both, I think, recommend this really, really amazing box set. Yeah, and like you said, it's like the standard CD in terms of it comes in a jewel case, but is the deluxe. Yeah. It's the only place you can get that CD in a CD so case. Yeah. yeah, whereas like the... Deluxe versions that we'll mention have those two voice memos on them. However, it's not in a CD case in terms of like a standard jewel case. So yeah, the fan box exactly. is the only place that you can get that deluxe version in a proper CD, CD case. So no, it is cool for that. And that was one of the reasons why I also wanted it. Yeah. Because um, at the time, which is ironic considering the next album that we will eventually move on to, it felt yeah. like there was so many versions of Lover and I was just like, <laughs> oh my God. I was like, we've got a standard, we've got a fan box, we've got four deluxe. I was just like, how yep. the hell am I going to afford this? How the hell am I going to get all of these, you know? Speaking about all those different versions, once again, Taylor made another incentive to make fans basically collect different versions of the very same album. And in this case, with Lover, it was through the four deluxe versions, which were basically diaries. They were releases of Taylor's bits and pieces of her diaries throughout the years, all sorted out into these four deluxe books, basically. And it was a really cool gimmick. It, it was really, really cool. And at the time, it felt like, oh, my God, four versions? That's mental. And I yeah. remember when Taylor did the live stream talking about them to almost be like, oh, this is what you're going to get, you know? And obviously, then it was like, there's going to be all too well original lyrics in here. There's going to be content mm -hmm. that is, you know, that, you know, you find out for the first time and stuff on specific days and certain events within Taylor's career. And there was photos that we'd never seen before. Um, and no, these are really, really cool additions. And I'm so glad that I have all of them. And again, I remember going to HMV and plonking down the standard CD, the four deluxe versions. I pre-ordered the fan box on Taylor's website. And the guy was just like, why are you buying? He was like, what is the difference? I was just like, the content? The, the only thing that I would say about them is the diary entries are incredible. I just remember just mm. reading them constantly. And every so often I go back and reread them all and I'm just like, God, we got so much. Um, just even the things of like the summer, this summer is the apocalypse. And it was I when know. she was doing the court case thing. You know what I mean? Like, 
The diaries were just so personal, but at the same time, they were really well curated by Taylor to give us as fans pieces of her life that we didn't know about, but at the same time, we were aware of. And they really filled in so many gaps, like the revelation of the 1989 cover tip bit of information, the Speak Now tour set design and how she was planning that all out, and discovering a whole new a whole song that we hadn't heard nothing new which eventually we got it's just such a treasure trove of, of information about her personal life but without it being too personal my only grudge about these is that they tried to turn them into diaries themselves so it doesn't mean that half of the pages yeah. are just blank and i just I think i i don't know anyone personally that's actually used them as diaries because i just wouldn't be able to i couldn't yeah, I definitely understand that. But having said that, I have seen many artistic fans on the internet who dedicated those last pages to decorating them as not their own personal diaries, but diaries remembering iconic moments from the lover era, like spreads where they include pictures from the VMA red carpet and then her speech and they wrote it all out, just celebrating the lover era as a whole. And I think that's a really cool way to use them pages up where and it's still part of like the taylor swift fandom and not something like personal personal although i'm sure there's a lot of people who also just use them as diaries which is what taylor i guess intended them for but what was quite cool um and which i think was what they should have done is they should have released these as just without the, the diary element in them and then i think what they should have done is that during the lover era uh, there was page lover diary there was, yeah. yeah promo in the UK where they gave out like a diary like to promote the album and it was only sent to like music reviewers and stuff and somehow I got hold of one on eBay for like six for like six quid I have no clue how the hell I got it like yeah because I just saw it on eBay and I was like I love a diary like a real one I was like what's that so I just bought it thinking oh whatever have you written in it no oh no 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 no, (laughs) never no 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 right (laughs) it's purely Oh, purely collectible, yeah. And it's, like, thicker. It's slightly shorter than the Lover Deluxe versions, but it's, like, thicker because, obviously, it's a full-blown diary. And at the front, yeah. it has reviews of the Lover album and then, obviously, just a oh. standard diary with dates. So, yeah, somehow I got... I honestly no clue how I got hold of it. But um, because then... And then when people, like, clocked on what these things were, they were, like, selling for hundreds. I thought, oh, God, I could oh, buy for, no. like, six quid off some rando on eBay. Deluxe versions are just incredible, like, so, so cool. And they also came with different posters. Each version came with a different poster. And they were slightly colour-themed differently. So, like, the yep. inside of one of them is, like, pink. Each a pastel colour. Yeah. Really, really cool. And, obviously, each one comes with different diary entries and all of that. So, no, they... Yeah, the diary entries are just really, really cool. And just things of, like, where Taylor met at, like, Sugarland for the first time. And then, obviously, she was collabing with them, late Reputation era. And whoever... I think it you know majority of it was Taylor but whoever helped or if Taylor was the sole person that did it that picked all the entries did it really cleverly because they really picked stuff that um really kind of was stamps throughout her career point and things that made sense yeah. later on I guess my only qualm would be that I do wish they were a bit more in chronological order because you do get thrown about a bit and it, it I mean it's not too confusing but you do go a sometimes from like 2008 to 2014 and then you're back again and and stuff so there was this really interesting post I saw once that was classifying every single entry and and putting the date and putting like fearless era 2008 speak now era red era and kind of like coloring the pages and showing you where each of them would go if they were all organized chronologically and that was really nice to see it laid out like that 
because when you're reading it, it sometimes does get a bit confusing because you've got to be like, right, okay, so Taylor was on a plane and she was she was going to Australia because she was on the Red Tour. Right, that's why she was doing this or whatever, you know. So that's my only little criticism of it. But to be honest, it's it's no problem at all, really. And it's so cool that we kind of got introduced with Taylor in those diaries and the fact that, um, you know, she had been writing in a diary like, like every day since the age of 30. That's so cool. There must be so much content in there that is just like mental like I just and those diaries entries became quite a central point really during the love era obviously with the deluxe versions themselves the live streams and then even in Miss Americana the Netflix film they were quite a central point of like this they were kind of bookended the start and the finish of the uh, film itself it was just kind of they were quite a focal point you know Taylor was reading out an extract that she'd written as a child um, right at the end of the thing of like oh will they like me you know will I be successful. Though we have spoken about all of these amazing editions of Lover, we have yet to speak about my favourite edition, which is the Japanese special edition, which comes with a bonus DVD. And it's just the design that is so good. The packaging is amazing, as always, for these Japanese editions. And they really knock it out of the park in such a simple but effective way. And this was the first time this size of cd they now use later on for fearless and red yes. taylor's versions which we'll discuss but this was kind of the first time where we'd seen this packaging used on a taylor swift album so it was like it's the size of like a seven inch vinyl so it's bigger than a standard cd it's paper um like cardboardy paper and yeah you kind of slide everything out and the cd is on like a paper cardboard piece <laughs> bit yeah. of card. it's hard to describe um and then yeah it has the cd the dvd and cd on each side and then obviously you lift it up and it says like meet me in the afterglow it was just gorgeous and oh. something about the lover packaging the lover cd itself is one of my favorite taylor ones it's kind of design yeah. yeah it was really 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 gorgeous unique edition but another quite cool edition which is slightly random um is the taiwan edition which is a slip case and it comes with a lover cup sleeve to hold like a coffee cup i've never really understood how it holds one because <laughs> it's just kind of slightly, slightly like this tote baggy material with this thin um oh, kind of bit okay. at the bottom and then this like strap at the top it's very strange i don't really know how it works and it is quite a random thing to include i would expect something more like this in red taylor's version to hold like you know starbucks yeah, cup, right. you know it is just a very <laughs> random thing but yeah that is a uh, another edition is the taiwan edition um which i personally don't have in my collection but it's quite a cool one to add purely because of this strange little gimmick and it is interesting how they do use these gimmicks to sell albums in different countries it's just a random thing to be like oh yeah here's a cup sleeve if you would like to see all of these editions that we speak about then do check out the youtube video of this episode where we'll be putting on the screen each of the albums as we go describing them and most of these images are provided by Cameron. So if you want to see more of this type of images and you want to see his merch collection, then do follow him on Instagram. His handle is at taylorswift underscore cd. Moving on to Folklore, which was Taylor's first ever surprise release. We went from two versions of Reputation, four diaries for Lover, and then we skipped to eight total alternate versions of Folklore covers. I think one of the reasons for it was that I think because Taylor, because of the death of kind of physical, at this point, physical CDs mm. were really hard to sell. No one was selling a million copies. So streaming had really just blown off at that point. And vinyl yeah. was becoming quite popular as well. And I think the reason they thought that if they did release eight versions, 
you know, collectors or fans out there would more likely buy multiple to help with sales. For so sure. I think that's one of the reasons for it. But also, much like with, the, you know, the lover versions and the rep versions that we mentioned that include, you know, more elements of the photo shoe, obviously each edition itself has a different cover, different back mm-hmm. cover, and the CD itself, each one has totally different photos from the folklore photo shoot. So it, they are different, and there is an incentive. But yeah, the incentive is to get all the photos from the photo shoot mm-hmm. rather than, say, a poster or, you know, Polaroids or something like that. The Lakes was exclusive on physical for a yes, while, wasn't it? That's and then true. it went over. Because I remember, I remember when the CD came out randomly the day before uh, anywhere else in the UK, and people yeah. were like live streaming on like Twitter them like yes, playing from I the CD that. player. So the first time I ever heard the Lakes was from some like kids oh, CD television. player. <laughs> yeah, a television. I think yeah. Another interesting version of these eight editions, which is such a cool concept, and I really wish it had been the standard is the Taiwan version of the eight alternative covers, which basically, when you put them all together, all of the sides placed next to each other add up to make, like, all of the OB strips add up to make this one big picture of Taylor from the folklore photo shoot. And I think that's such an incentive to get people to collect them, to have the whole collection, have them line up all together, and I just so wish this had been the standard. Me too. I think that's such a cool... that, That gives it more of an incentive to purchase so that you know when they're sat on your cd shelf or sat on the shelf somewhere they make up they just it looks makes it just look really cool and i would love to add that to my collection purely because it would just look so nice on a um, word it really would shelf somewhere and it's the photo of taylor i always think of it as like which is weird because certain photos and photo shoots because they're associated with certain songs or used to promote certain things you think of them as that song so i think of that photo as being like the betty's garden so another interesting thing about Taiwan, Taiwan has some really, really unique editions, what with the lover, cup sleeve, then obviously the yeah. alternate versions lining up. But the standard Taiwan exclusive also came with this massive, and I mean massive, poster. Um, again, this, I think it's the same image that is on the side of the CDs that we mentioned previously, and also hmm. comes with a really cool, unique slipcase that actually has folklore on, written on the cover. What is your favourite cover, by the way? I am quite partial just to the standard in the trees edition because it's the one that I have signed so I do love that but I think I like the clandestine meetings front cover the back side of it I don't really love because I hate that nighty that she's wearing um I also love the back of the in the weeds version I guess it's just because she's wearing that classic folklore jacket and that's why I love them so much but yeah the, I would have to say some kind of combination between the two Back cover in the weeds, one hundred percent. Front cover, I'm either meet me behind the mall or stolen yeah. lullabies. I really like those two. Betty's Garden, I've never been over a massive. I know lots of people really love that cover, but it never really felt like a cover to me. I don't know. The hide and seek one's obviously interesting because that was the one that had Wood Vale written on it. In terms of covers, my favorite is in the in the trees, one hundred percent. But my favorite right. back cover is in the weeds. That is just gorgeous. Really yeah. looks so cool. There was someone that did an edit. I can't remember the person's name, where they edited that um, the back cover of In the Weeds, and Taylor was stood on a piano in like a lake, and the piano was oh, kind wow. of half sinking. And it, I thought that should have been the why wasn't that the folklore cover? And we should also mention that apart from the standard cover, another one that became quite widespread was the Meet Me Behind the Mall cover, because it's the one that Target was supplied with. So it did become a bit more available and more people do have that one as well. 
Yeah, yeah, again, and there's no real difference because I do have the Target one and the standard like UK. But other than the Target sticker, the copyright information and some of the info on the back with certain like uh, US kind of uh, like copyright law stuff on the back, there's not really a massive difference at all. And I'm guessing that the CD CD booklet content would be the same because it's that photo shoot. Um, and it would be the same as the standard, I guess. I don't know because I haven't opened it. During Lover, obviously, the Target exclusives were the four editions. Um, so now Folklores was the Meet Me Behind the Mall. It's a shame that they didn't give it another cover. I know that would have been a bit mad to add a ninth. And then mentioning the Meet Me Behind the Mall, obviously, like we said, there was eight vinyl that all matched the eight different covers. The Target um, vinyl of Folklore, they also had an exclusive, which was the Meet Me Behind the Mall red vinyl and this was the first of many to come red target vinyls and that's where they included the you you know how we mentioned that the target logo of red was included in the covers it's like they are now bringing it back but like including it uh, as the vinyl lastly to round off folklore we also have to mention another japanese version again these japanese versions are always really interesting this time it included a bonus dvd which had the only mv from the folklore era on it as well as all of the lyric videos and now we can go from folklore that had all of these versions to evermore which is much 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 more subdued the release obviously only included one version again it was a surprise release i don't think anyone could have expected it even taylor in a way so Maybe that's one of the reasons why there wasn't many, many editions, but also just because only six months had passed since Folklore had been released. So in a way, I think everyone was very grateful that this was much more toned down. Much like Folklore, we have the signed version. The Evermore one seemed harder to get hold of, though. Whereas with the Folklore, they're just, they were just constantly like, here's another yeah. round, here's another round. Evermore and Fearless, and we'll mention that in yeah. a bit with the signed CDs that were just harder to get than Red and Folklore. I, I just feel like Definitely. there was more floating around. Taylor just kind of, her hand, her poor hand must have just been annihilated. No wonder her signature totally changed. <laughs> yeah, so the Japanese special edition comes with three um, postcards and then also comes with like a calendar. So the CD itself is in quite a thick slipcase so that you can fit this big, well not big, but kind of CD sized plastic calendar that like folds up like a little stand. And it obviously comes with all the months of the year, plus a couple of... So it came with um, the, obviously, 2021 um, months, and then also a couple of months in 2022. So I think it maybe went up to, like, February, maybe March. Um, And, yeah, and it comes with... And Mm. these calendar slips have photos from the Evermore photo shoot. And this was a really, really cool addition, um, purely because of that. It was just such a cool thing to have. Um, But, no, and also it comes with... uh, an extra exclusive Japanese deluxe track, which was the um, Elvira remix of Willow. So yeah, this I have this version myself, and it's just really cool that it comes in this thick box and feels kind of quite special. And then the only other one other than obviously the vinyl, the standard vinyl is green, and there's different variants in that because there's kind of opaque ones and slightly clearer ones purely on where they were pressed. Because there's also, talking about folklore, with the vinyl there was... Um, two very different versions of the vinyl even though they were all the same color certain us the ones that are available in the states can depending on where they were pressed was slightly if you held them up to the light had a kind of translucent element and looked slightly marble 
whereas the ones that were available in the UK and more internationally didn't, they were like opaque. So again, there is a kind of difference in some of the vinyl, um, but then there is the Target red vinyl, much like with Folklore that was exclusive to Target. Mm. And this is just this red. Personally, I wish that they would move away from just having the red. It does seem like the staple that they just go to, like it's just like, here's our deluxe or here's our vinyl, it's red. And the only one it really makes sense for, obviously, is is Red Taylor's version, which is just, like, perfect. But for something like Fearless or Evermore, it's just kind of like, well, here's, a, here's another red vinyl for your collection. Next, we can move on to the Taylor's version era of things. And in the Taylor's version era, there aren't as many editions and versions as there have been previously, which kind of makes sense. But as always, for Fearless, Taylor's version, we can mention once again the Japanese Special Edition, which in this case uh, looks really good and also comes with a guitar pick. There's just something about it that's just like, isn't as cool as the level one? I don't know what it is. It's just, even though yeah. it comes with actually more content than the level one, because it comes with a guitar pick, which the level one didn't, I don't know. I just wish that they would change up the packaging a little. Yeah, I do get what you mean, honestly. They could have really done something more with changing the colour scheme, maybe of that round disc, maybe taking advantage of the golden tones of the Fearless era and like the shimmering uh, bits of glitter and stuff like that. But yeah, I guess from the little that we've got, it is a standout edition still. And another one that I really like is the Target edition, which there's nothing really too special about it, but it does come out with uh, it does come with this um, massive fold-out lyric poster, which on one side it has all the lyrics, and on the other side it has like this collage of all of these images on it. Bonus images that I don't think, some of those images I think were exclusive as well. I think some of them I like think never so. hadn't seen before. Other than that red Target vinyl, which we have already spoken about briefly, uh, another thing that we could mention is the amount of signed CDs. Again, what we spoke about, however, the Fearless ones did seem to sell out very, very quickly. I don't know, there was something about them that they were just, they just seemed more elusive because the United States ones, ironically, the international ones would sell out instantly. So And quickly. the States ones would just float for like a day and like wouldn't yeah. sell out because they just had so many more ones in the States. I'm guessing because those ones actually contributed to Billboard. Yeah. It was a shame. In comparison, it did feel like with, at that point, I thought, oh gosh, the this, this signed CDs are getting harder to get, you know, your hands on. Speaking about signed albums, we can move on to the next Taylor's version album, which is Red Taylor's version, and speak about those signed versions first. So what happened with the Red signed version is that the international versions split away from the UK versions, and they were like three different categories. So if you were in the USA, you had to buy them under that listing. If you were in the UK, under that listing. And then if you were international, which is like the rest of the world, you had your own separate listing which sold out in like a matter of seconds but it was good for UK residents because they was able to get signed CDs quite easily. Yeah I, I think so yeah I think it was easier for UK fans and I think because there was a push Little Mix released their album on the same day so I think right. they were trying to push mm. for the UK charts and obviously they did and it went number one um, mm -hmm. so I think that was why it was split but um, but no it was a shame because it does mean that internationally it was it was harder to get you know your hands yeah. on but but no, it is it is a cool edition of Red, obviously, and there's something always so nice about having something signed. I love that Taylor has done this for all the albums she owns. It just feels very nice because I saw a thing. This is totally off topic, but I saw a thing that said um, with Taylor's performance when she performed with Time the other week, which, by the way, I was at just to say I was there when Taylor was brought out 
Hoffenheim. I was in the audience and losing my mind. But love yep. story. That's the first time she's performed any song like you know recorded that she owns yeah she owns and i just thought oh that's so cool that's so cool and it's a bit like with these that you know she's signing all of these and it's like she actually owns them it's like written by sung by produced by signed by you know like all taylor swift just like there's she's all over the album everywhere but no it is it is really nice um but like, like we said with the Evermore and Fearless. Unfortunately, Red doesn't have an abundance of versions. So yeah, we have mm. the signed CD. The Japanese edition, much like the Fearless one, also comes with a guitar pick. Similar packaging to the Lover one that we mentioned. Um, again, I don't know, it just isn't as exciting. There's, there's just something, I don't know, it just feels a little bit like they're just dragging and dropping images now. Into... And then obviously we have the Target Red, which was the first time that actually it feels like it belongs. But no, unfortunately, yeah, the standard version of Red was just black. I think I think to help with, because they really, really wanted the vinyl to come out on the day, whereas with Fearless, it came out months after. And Red Taylor's version of vinyl is like one of the highest selling vinyl. Like, I think she broke wow. some record. I think she broke a record that she made with either Evermore or Fearless, I can't remember, or um, Folklore. Um, I can't really remember, but yeah, she massively like broke some record with like massive vinyl sales. And there was a bit of a problem with pressing vinyl yes. because um, a certain Mrs. Adele um, was pressing millions of vinyl that are still floating around, not being sold. Um, so I think the black vinyl is the easiest one to press and quicker, I think. Red does lack on versions, much like um, the previous albums. It's not as exciting as, you know, the 989s and the folklores and rep and yeah with that we've come to the end of this episode and recapped all of the interesting versions and editions of everything up to now of course we can expect some different editions coming soon maybe for a taylor's version project maybe for something else but for now that is all we have Thank you for bearing with us in this episode. You've probably noticed that we had some audio troubles and most of my segments had to be re-recorded. So you can just about call this Taylor's version. But uh, thanks for, for bearing with us and hopefully our audio will be all okay for the next few episodes coming up, which we have some very exciting ones. So do make sure to keep up with us. Thank you very much for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, then make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Swiftly Spoken Podcast. Also, if you want to see more of all of the merch that we speak about in this episode, then as I mentioned earlier, make sure to check out Cameron's Instagram, which is at taylorswift underscore cd. If you want to follow us also on Instagram, we are Swiftly Spoken Podcast. And finally, please do rate us on Spotify or Apple Music if you are listening through there.